0: Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink.
1: Happy Halloween Eve Eve. Happy Halloween Eve Eve. Is that right? I feel like you have to have an exponent over the Eve. Like, square it. What is that? An exponent? Is that a math thing? Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was called... Just Mm. stop it. You're thinking of subscript from... I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. But yeah, exponent. That's a little mini number. A fly just came right out of my hat. Am I dirty? (laughs) Are you that guy from uh, Charlie Brown who just...
1: (laughs) Pig pen? (laughs) Pig pen. (laughs) I just was like, what's buzzing around my face? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a dumpster fire. (laughs) Anyway, happy Halloween Eve Eve. Listen, we—if I'm allowed to smell like the dead right now, apparently. (laughs) Actually, I I really don't smell. I swear to God, I don't. The flies just think I do. Oh, I smell. Oh, well, you really do smell. Christine today made us like a gourmet dinner. (laughs) Yeah, right. In a house that doesn't have AC. 104 degrees. 104 degrees outside today before she started cooking. I don't know why I did that. It was so good, though. I actually
0: do it because I locked myself out of my house last night, and I made. I was like, "Um, you're the only one with the spare key," and then <laughs> um was working on notes, so Allison had to drive in like her pajamas. To, she keeps like,
1: saying that she's not our intern, but like she keeps doing weird errands in the middle listen, of the night for us. I mean, that's what she's here for. I know. For someone who resigned, she's still doing things. So,
0: that's but anyways, why I made you dinner.
1: Allison was also really nice last night because I. Did tell her, I'm only coming over to borrow your computer because I have to finish my notes. And then you said, I got a text from Christine being like, "Um, I'm really sorry, and I'm a piece of garbage, but I'm going to need you to come to my house. And I was like, oh, my God, I hate you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, especially because I was down to like 20 pages of notes out of 73. Because I'm well-researched, as you can tell every week by my note-taking. Oh, sure. You would think, right? By, like, 73 pages of notes, I I would know what the fuck I'm talking about. You should just submit those 73 pages as, like, a PhD dissertation. Or just as proof. I should just post that on Facebook every week and be like, look, I tried. Somewhere in the podcast, you will find what is in these pages. Like, little highlighted notes. Uh Uh-huh. But so, uh, anyway, I was telling Allison, I still have 20 notes to go, and it's, like, 10 o'clock at night. I don't, I didn't have time to go give you the key, and so she just got in her car and went. She's a gem. She's a gem. And then
0: I was like, come inside, I have something for you. And then I walked into the kitchen and realized I'd already drunk all the wine I had. And I was like, just kidding, I don't, but come back tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then today I was like, hi, I have wine, drink it right now. And then I, and then I showed up and she was like, am I have dinner, eat it. And it was so good. I had like, I think thirds and fourths. It was so good. I just felt so bad. But here we are. Here we are. Also, no, no happiness yet because, uh, I also want to make sure everyone knows that as soon as I got to the house... Gio welcomed me and I gave him a big fat hug and I was like, what is that smell? <laughs> and then I went over to Christine and be like, I think he rolled in garbage or poop or something. And she was like, oh, it was a dead animal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, thanks. I mean,
0: one time Em and I caught him eating an entire dead bird's body. So I feel like this shouldn't oh, be a surprise. But... That's true.
1: I <laughs> I remember Christine was like, Gio, what do you have in your mouth? And he when he looked up, there was literally a bloody talon hanging a out of talon. his mouth. A fucking talon with claws on it with like in skin like bird skin it was absolutely a bird foot and then all of a sudden we just heard crunch and we were like (laughs) "Ah!" and then about 10 minutes later he licked me inside my ear uh, ah. (laughs) couldn't get away from it welcome to my house anyway guys happy 39th have we scared
0: 39th episode Oh, I thought you meant like of, of October. Oh, the
1: 39th of October. <laughs> I thought you meant like the 31st. Where but... Christine doesn't know exponents <laughs> and I don't know calendars. The 39th. <laughs> Happy 29th. Happy negative 8th of
0: November. Listen, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure, you know, it'll work in your garden. Um, They have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what, perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's gonna smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Drink. I have some things for you. I'm ready. Okay. So... I just we want to say I got back from my trip to Cincinnati where I like you know, ate some wedding cake and did some and saw Fall Out Boy and did some
1: cool shit. But oh, yeah. This is the other side of prediction day. Now tell me how it really went. You're right. It was fucking amazing.
0: And I saw Fall Out Boy and my friend got me tickets that were so fucking close that we were probably 20 feet away from my husband, Patrick Stump. Right. Um. So that was great. And then we picked a wedding cake. We saw the venue. It was amazing. I saw my baby little sister who had a Harry
1: Potter engagement party for tell me. Tell them about the, the sorting hat thing that you're Twelve-year-old sister, the genius, created on her own. She
0: decided we had to put on a sorting hat, put on a blindfold, and then get balloons thrown at her face. And then whichever color we caught was the house we were in. Because (laughs) she was working on, like, a personality quiz, and then she just gave up because, like, she has my (laughs) genes. So (laughs) she was, like, halfway through that, and then she's like, let's just throw balloons and see what happens.
1: You know, it would have been better if you got her to low-key also be the wedding planner, and just have her blindfold people and randomly catch balloons to figure out where they're sitting at the reception. Gold. There it is. Is she listening? Probably
0: not. But mom, if you're listening, probably not. But if you
1: are, throw it at her. I can't wait till she's at least nearing 21 and we get a picture of her sitting in a castle of boxed wine. Cannot wait. Can't wait. She already. She's s- going to be you.
0: She already sneaks wine. And I'm like, <gasps> even at that age, I didn't drink anything. What a little badass. Yeah, she's 13 now and she'll like. Oh, my mom was like, oh, I have this, like, Moscato in the fridge, and I'm not usually, like, a Moscato drinker, but she's like, it's really good, you should try it, and my sister goes, no, really, sissy, it's so good, you should try it, and I was like, wait, 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 (coughs) and my mom's like, well, I let her taste it, I'm like, stop,
1: Bernada, like... Uh, let's put it this way. If Christine wasn't drinking then and drinks like this now, <laughs> can you imagine what her sister will be like if she's already starting? Listen, her podcast is going to be so good. Oh, get ready for the spinoff. Everyone's doing reunions, right? Yes. So we we just got to... Like a full house revisited. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to have a spinoff reunion in 10 years, for your sure. sister will literally be perfect age.
0: What are you drinking? Nothing. Okay. Um, maybe
1: you should, like... Count to three. What? Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? No. One, two,
0: three. Hey, look at that magic. Here comes non-intern Allison <laughs> with a literal milkshake.
1: Thank you. It's a reason why I didn't make this. What's happening? Thank you. Does it taste good? Yeah, it tastes like a chocolate milkshake. Okay, good. I'm confused. What's happening? We wanted to surprise you. Oh, thank you. I don't get a kiss close your eyes christine this is one two three, one, two, three. this Thank is you. workplace harassment wait whoa, whoa, whoa! i don't know what's happening here what's, listen yeah. this is what's happening this week
0: i got back from cincinnati and we got a bunch of packages and blaze went and picked them up because he's also kind of our intern mm-hmm. and uh we opened them when M and allison picked me up from the airport and someone sent us um an, an anonymous gifter sent us a milkshake maker and an electric wine opener. Both true. Both true. And it was in one package and we were so excited. Some, we posted the photo and someone said we looked like kids on Christmas.
1: I really, I might, I actually jaw dropped and didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was so floored. I was like, no way. Especially because, you know, I'm sure this is the actual reason why, but I've said it in past episodes that Christine lives far away now, so I can't have my milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's resolved. So literally when I came over I had
0: bought a bunch of ice cream and like chocolate syrup and oh, stuff. And then Allison came over and was like, okay, I bought a bunch of, I brought a bunch of chocolate, ice cream, and uh, milk and uh, whipped cream. And I was like, oh shit,
1: we, we both brought like. So now I'm just fully stocked for a while, huh? So
0: we have so much ice cream, milk, chocolate syrup, and whipped cream in the fridge and freezer for you. That's awesome. And going off that, we also got uh, Nutra Bullets from our friend Jack, Jacqueline. Oh, Jacqueline. But like Jack, J-A-C, because she's cool and hip. Oh, damn. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah, the NutriBullets are great, too, because those are like epic blenders. They're just
1: like, they're like milkshake makers for other food besides ice cream.
0: Yeah, they're like milkshake makers
1: plus more. Mm-hmm. So those are great. It's like milkshake makers 3.0. Exactly. Exactly. And then we also got... I mean, we just got so much cool
0: stuff, and you guys are so thoughtful. Um, you guys are
1: way nice to us. Also, um, we got Dana. Yeah, Dana sent us, like, a Halloween Dana package. sent us a Halloween package, a box full of ghost-themed treats. And for Gio. And... Like snacks that I have personally mentioned on the show. Like, like my Sausalitos, Sausalitos and my Milanos. Mm-hmm. Both were in there. And then um, I got we got a mysterious box that said
0: alcohol on a big sticker. So obviously that was for me. And I, <laughs> Obviously. I just let Christina open that <laughs> one. I opened it and it was a big bottle of barefoot sweet red wine. So I don't know who sent that. There wasn't a name, but thank you. And then Allison sent us some um, Halloween body cream and some products. And oh, we got those paranormal books from Leslie Fear. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading. Those are awesome. They're really good. I'm reading. I'm reading it right now. We also got a package from Alicia at um, Witch's Bath. <gasps> okay. Which is it, it's an Etsy shop. It's etsy.com slash witch's bath. And it's um, in Columbus. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Etsy.com slash shop slash the witch's bath. I'm 8000 years old and I can't read. Uh, uh. So okay, these are what we got. So she sent us two of each, so there's should a... I, should I look
1: yet? Should you just put it all out on the table? Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll give you, like, the main gift afterward. But okay. So we got a rainbow soap. I love it. I love it. I'm going to consider this LGBT themed. That's what I thought. I'm going to assume that's why she gave us the rainbow And we one. each got one, so it's, like, cool. Like, we each get Oh, like, like the... Ally, and, like, I'm yeah. part of Alphabet soups. So I'm just, fine. like, the last letter, and you're,
0: like, yeah, I'm weighing them somewhere. In yeah,
1: here. like, I'm weighing the front.
0: Yeah. Red Velveteen bath bomb and it's like a a skull
1: oh neat that's cool i bet it i bet it like looks like it's bleeding when you throw it in the water
0: Ooh, it probably is all red you're right i didn't even think about that okay now this is the best part okay i'm ready okay she forgot to put the note in so she emailed us the note
1: (laughs) wonderful she sounds
0: like she's one of our people she's just love i know she's like i got too excited i was like story of my life (laughs) This is a limited edition thing that she created for us. She created it for us? For us. Shut up. Limited edition. We each get one. No. It's in, and that's why we drink Ouija bath bomb. <gasps> and it says. Shut the fuck up. Look at it. It has like the Ouija it's board. It's
1: literally a Ouija. Is it soap? It's a it's bath, bath bomb. bomb. And it, it has a label and everything of it. And that's why we drink like Ouija. Like an official label. Oh my God. This is
0: so cool. So that's another thing we got. Anyway, you guys have just sent us so much cool shit and
1: I'm so thankful. I can't believe (sighs) you guys want to be that nice to us. You don't have to. We act like literal kids on Christmas every time. Every single time.
0: So thank you. Also, I just want to say real quick, I called our listener um, Marilyn Marlin like probably like three times. Nice. You're an asshole. I called her like a fish, like Marlin, even (laughs) though her name's pronounced like Marilyn, like an actual name. So I apologize, Marilyn. Sorry, girl. Sorry, girl. I also want to say real quick that I have been kind of behind on responding to emails because we have gotten so many lately and you guys are sending in so many amazing stories that I've just been kind of caught up, and I've been trying to respond to all of them, but I I start Nickelodeon on Monday, so I'm a little worried that I might not be able to respond to every single email. So if I promise you that I'm reading every single one and saving every single one, but I might not necessarily respond to every single one from now on just because I'm so swamped that...
1: Well, also, I'm now um, finally getting to be involved on the behind-the-scenes part of the podcast, and I'm going to be taking over some of the emails so you guys will finally be getting uh my responses on things not just christine's yay so now it's a toss-up you don't know who you're talking to mm-hmm. so uh i'm gonna be helping out i'm gonna be doing some other stuff too but um when it comes to emails just a heads up it's not always christine anymore it's a surprise Ooh, a trick or treat it if you will could be geo it could be M. it might, might be geo rolling around on the laptop after rolling around on a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very like crucial to the theme of our podcast, by the way. So, valid, he might as well. He's sending you corpse remains.
0: Mm-hmm. So, since this is a Halloween episode, we might be going a little long on the intro, but it is a ghosty update, so I want to include it. Um, I mentioned last week that I got a pendulum, yeah, number, yeah, 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 yeah. And a bunch of people posted, like, wait, so did you just did Christine just. Say, oh, she contacted a dead spirit and then, like, move and, on. And, like, ignored it. <laughs> like, was that a joke? Here's the thing I went home to Cincinnati. Oh, actually, m doesn't know the either yet. I so. don't know.
1: I was told I'm not allowed to know yeah. until we were recording. It's so. an update. We're all finding out together. So, I
0: went to Cincinnati and I was like, oh, I'm going to bring my pendulum. And I'm like, mom, look at this cool pendulum I got. And, my mom and I have always believed that my great grandmother is at our house in Cincinnati. And to add to it, my house was built in 1890 and our, our, we live on a, um, a cemetery and it's a Jewish graveyard and it's really, really big. You were just asking for this podcast (laughs) 25 years ago, 26 years ago. I never, I never saw shit, you know, that's wild, but yeah. So, I brought it home and I was like, look, mom, look what I have. And so I'm like, look how it works. And of course it's like working. And I'm like, wow, I can use it and talk to people, spirits who are here, whatever. I didn't think about it. Then I was messaging with this woman named Taylor, who's wonderful. And I, I, she mentioned something about a pendulum and I was like, can you help me? I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> she's a listener and she helped me so much and sent me so many tips and advice. And she basically said like, Try not to use it to talk with the dead. That's usually not a good idea. And I was like, oh,
1: too late. (laughs) This is exactly why I tell you not to fucking play with Ouija boards because you don't know what you're doing. But she said it's less. She said Ouija boards are safer
0: because you can close out and say goodbye. Whereas a pendulum is more like you just invite it there and then like leave it. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Anyway, um, not that she'd probably condone me using a Ouija board. So probably not. So I used it, and I was like, okay, and then we went to bed, and the next morning, I set it on the living room table, and the next morning, we came downstairs, and Blaze, we were watching TV, and Blaze kind of like picked it up, and it was laying on the table, and he's like kind of swinging it, and I was like, it looks funny, and I picked it out of his hand, and I was like, holy shit, the whole tip is broken off.
1: Oh, of a rock it's a rock at the tip right It's like like a full crystal It can't just fall
0: off it's like an amethyst it's like a full crystal yeah and so I was like oh my god the tip is gone and he goes no no like it's that's what it looked like I was like no that's not what it fucking looked like so I'm on the ground and I'm like crawling around the carpet and I finally find the tip of it a few feet away and it's just like on the ground so I super glued it together but I was like (coughs) All freaked out because I was like, well, I talked to who I thought was my great-grandmother, blah, blah, blah. So I messaged Taylor and I was like, uh, so I did the opposite of what you told me
1: to do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I contacted a spirit. Honestly, if she listens to this podcast, she should have not been surprised. <laughs> she should have been like, mm, well, yep, yep, uh, that's not. That's exactly what was going to happen, I guess. Yeah, so
0: she responded and was like, well... Um, she goes, actually, I have a lot of pendulums that the, where they break off. And I was like, really? And she basically said that whether it's good or bad energy, if it's just really strong energy, a lot of times they'll like, hold on so tight that it'll, it'll break.
1: Oh, good. Spirits are just so strong. They can crush rocks right in front of your eyes. That's uh-huh. neat. So I was like,
0: well, and she goes, if you still feel like positive connection to the pendulum, then it's a good thing. And it, it's. It means it's still, like, connected to It's you. like
1: a ghost's way of thinking, we're so cute, they just want to squeeze us until we break. Yeah, like we talked about. Yep. It's like me with Geo. Yeah. Yeah, except you won't break his little nose or anything.
0: <laughs> I mean, I let him roll around dead animals, but... <laughs> but, yeah, so she was like, honestly, it doesn't mean a bad thing, necessarily. It usually just means... And she has, she said she has one pendulum that just always breaks, and it she'll just, like, fix it, and it'll break because it's the they one where she contacts neck. like really strong spirits who have a lot of energy. And she says that sometimes it just happens. So I felt pretty good. I was like, maybe it's, and I thought I was talking to my great grandma and I've always felt like she was there. So I was like, maybe that's who it was. Oh, She said, whenever she contacts her godmother, it, her pendulum cracks because it's like such a strong energy. Crazy. So anyway, that's my update. All right. Anyway, now tell me a story. Cause I'm just like getting emotional.
1: Here's my story. I wanted to do this story for a, While. But I wanted to wait until it was closer to Halloween. And since the 29th is the closest, we're going to get to the 31st. You mean the 39th? The 30... I think I said the 37th. Oh, the the 39th. I didn't say the 39th. So anyway, since it's October 39th, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm so excited. So this was the inspiration for The Exorcism of Emily Rose. (gasps) And it is the same demons... That were involved with future victim Anna Eklund.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. The Exorcism of Emily Rose is the only horror movie I watched as a child, except aside from The Ring. Oh. And The Exorcism of Emily Rose, that movie, Fox screwed you up. me up for life. So this Not is sinister? I mean, that was like I had a bear. I took so much melatonin that I <laughs> got knocked out.
1: But So this is also considered by priests one of the truest proofs of demonic possession that we have mm-mm, so far mm-mm. in history. Which is weird because I will preface it by saying I think Anna Eklund was more convincing. But maybe because since Anna Eklund comes later in life. Yeah. Um, maybe. Or does she come later? Right? Fuck. Whoever came first. I don't, I don't really remember. Someone else figure that out. So 73 pages of notes and <laughs> M doesn't know. No, he I remember the first. years of this and I don't remember the years of Anna Eklund. I don't either, to be honest. Whatever. Okay, the same people are involved. So we're going to quiz you on that later. <laughs> Good <Okay>. luck. <laughs> uh okay, so and the girl's name is German. So you're gonna have to help her with it's
0: like what a unique name. Her name is German. <gasps> I was like, why didn't my parents name it
1: Okay, <laughs> what's the name? Uh Annalicia?
0: Oh, Annalise.
1: Annalisa. So Annalisa? Annalisa. Annalisa. Yeah. <clears throat> or Annalise, I guess is the So Annalise is what I'm going to call her because I'm ignorant. No, that's right. Um, So she was born in an extremely devout Catholic family where the family was like crazy strict, crazy conservative. So their beliefs were that like reformations of the Vatican were to be ignored. You like follow like the original, original rules. Shit. There was no simple atonement for sin. No one could not. Basically, they just were really strict and very devout. It was all Latin. Probably. Yeah. We probably just shouted Latin to each other all the time. Definitely. They were just like Cornelia. <laughs> Puella es what is Un pictura. Un pictura es un Poella. Nomine Cornelia. That is so strict. I'm just saying. I can't imagine. It's very old school though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So her symptoms of possession, because we're just gonna dive into it. D- do it. Began in nineteen sixty-eight at age sixteen. Oh fuck. Her first symptoms were spontaneous convulsing. Mm. So she was, uh, given, I guess that was her like main first symptom. So she was given medication for epilepsy, although it never seemed to work no matter what drug she took or what dosage she took. Um, her body would become rigid out of nowhere and she would feel an enormous weight on her chest. She described mild paralysis and she had an inability to speak every now and then. Ooh. She would also go into trance-like states where she wouldn't remember anything, but she would wake up and feel someone who wasn't there sitting on her chest. Mm -mm. And then she would feel her own bladder squeeze itself, making her wet the bed. (gasps) What? So she would just, like, pee the bed, and she, like, even if she tried to hold it in, she could feel her bladder, like, working against her. Oh. She was then sent to a psychiatric hospital, where she remained for about a year, but she started seeing demonic faces during her daily prayers. Uh-uh. And her, she was quoted saying, I see devil faces on the wall. They have seven crowns and seven horns. <clears throat> Later, evil voices began to start giving her commands, told her she was damned and that she was going to stew in hell. Uh, she also developed an aversion to all religious items. Typical. Standard. Standard. Classic, Kevin. Classic Satan. Classic on a lease. Classic on a lease. I mean, like, <clears throat> if I told her once, I've told her a million times. Get it together. <laughs> so she told doctors what was going on, but they didn't really believe her about any of it, and they just put her on heavier meds. But over time, things got even worse. But falling back on her faith, she believed that these weren't medical symptoms, but spiritual of oh, something else. No. And she said the medicine was not helping and she begged for an exorcism, but she was given more meds for different various types of psychoses. Yikes. Um, The meds, once again, did nothing and her behavior got more erratic. So she would start standing in the middle of the floor and peeing and defecating. (gasps) And then she would lick it up. (gasps) No. She would eat coal. She would eat bugs. She would rip her clothes off in front of anybody when they started speaking about God. Oh, um... Um, she would scream for hours while breaking crucifixes, destroying paintings of Jesus and pulling apart rosaries. Oh, um, 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 she would fall to her knees and then rise. She was doing genuflections repeatedly hundreds of times a day until she broke her own <gasps> kneecaps and laughed. M, um, what? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. She, okay. It was known that she would do up to 600 genuflections a day, breaking her own kneecaps and laughing about it. And then um, the next day, she would keep doing 600 more on broken kneecaps. And, um,
0: listen, knees, torsos, and Achilles heels, enough. I can't do it. Gross. And spines.
1: Spines are the worst. Oh, Thank I didn't you. realize how much I hated spines until you said spines.
0: I can't breathe. Why are you doing this? <sighs>
1: okay, so anyway, we were talking about...
0: God damn it, Em. Now I'm just
1: sweating so much. <laughs> <laughs> spines really suck. Also, teeth. The whole body, really. Let's talk about something not as scary like the devil. <laughs>
0: Let's move on (laughs) Okay
1: Um, Oh yeah She was breaking her kneecaps Mm, mm -mm. One night at the dinner table Her hands also grew twice the size And darkened until they were black What? Um, Another time She tried to stand Oh no this is multiple times This is a recurring thing She would try to stand up And she would get shoved down By an unseen force In front of everyone Like people would just see her Getting knocked the fuck down And she would be unable to move or get back up because someone was holding her down. And then if she finally did get back up, you could see her, like, get shoved. Like, she couldn't act it. Like, you could see the force hitting her. Oh. After they were shoving her down so often, she started to learn how to fight back. So she kept trying to be able to get up. But she was never able to catch herself. So every time she got up, they would just shove her before she could break her own fall. And so she kept landing on her face and her head. Oh. Oh. She would try to spread quilts and pillows on the floor, like she would try to spread them out on her bedroom floor, so that way when she knew she'd fall eventually, she'd at least land on quilts and pillows.
0: That's so sad.
1: But they would pull the blankets and pillows away from her as she was falling, so she would watch them get ripped away just so her head would hit the stone floor again. What the hell? Um, While on pilgrimage uh, with a family friend, the family friend said that she refused to drink water from a holy spring... And apparently smelled, quote, hellishly bad. So she took her to priests where they suggested she get an exorcism. Imagine smelling so fucking bad that you have to take someone to a (laughs) pile of priests
0: and be like, exercise her. Listen, I don't have to imagine. I'm
1: pretty fucking sweaty. (laughs) So it took forever for anyone to actually allow an exorcism, not just because it's already rare to get them. But... um, this was 1975. So the year before, The Exorcist came out. And so a oh, lot of shit. false claims were going out. Totally, People were probably all over that. A lot of people were either faking um, symptoms to try and get exercise just because it was a novelty... Or a lot of people were hypochondriacs and assumed that they For were sure. being possessed when they probably just had some other issue. It was like a zeitgeisty thing. Mm-hmm. Also, this was a time in the mid-70s when religion was slowly on the decline and science was finally being taken seriously. And so, um, especially in the 70s, that was when psychiatry was like finally mm-hmm. getting its name on the ground. Hashtag Mindhunter. Hashtag Mindhunter. And so, priests were under great pressure from the scientific community to actually be able to prove... If there was a possession or not, because they were starting to find like medical reasons for things. And especially in psychiatry, they were really finding behavioral reasons for things besides just falling back on religion. Sure. So it was even harder than usual to get an exorcism approved. But in 1975, the bishop finally allowed it, um, saying that they would be using the Ritual Romanum of 1614. Oh, yeah, that one. Well, that was original. That back then, that was still a valid canon law. So remember, I told you that in 1999 the rules changed mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for exorcisms. So it changed from the Ritual Romanum of 1614 to um, a new updated version, which is now what people use. That's insane. That's so. That's hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes. Yeah, so like so, through the 70s, through the 1970s, people were still using. The exorcism rites of the 1600s, which is the like early 1600s, like literally 15 years, like closer than the 1500s, which is like when witch trials and shit happened. So it was, before it was 1614, weren't the oh, uh, holy shit, weren't the witch trials 1690s? Yeah, They were like late 1600s. Yeah. So this is like 70 years before the witch trials. Woof. So, um, but so that they were using the original rites for an exorcism. And they wanted to give these types of cases some scientific context. So people at the time would actually pay attention to them. So they made sure to record everything Mm -hmm. when, uh, so the pastor and the priest who took on this uh, case, his name was father Renz, R E N Z.
0: Okay.
1: And when he agreed to meet her, she was speaking in a very masculine, guttural voice, which, by the way, rude if she's just a little more masculine than normal. Like, that doesn't mean she's a fucking demon. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Oh, she just sounds a little burly. Um, So she was speaking in a masculine, guttural voice, but it was definitely not her own, according to her parents. Um, He gave a test to kind of see whether or not this was legitimate, and in his head gave a mental command to her that... uh, basically his thought was withdraw from her, say who you are. And from across the room, she looked at him and in that deep voice said no, and then ran towards him and ripped off his rosary. Uh, So, um, and he, she hadn't been speaking to him before this. That was the first time she talked to him. So Ed Warren of Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm -hmm. the demonologists, uh, he has been known. I just got this quote just to give some reference that if, uh, negative spirit is strong enough to touch something as re- like um religious as religiously powerful mm-hmm. as a rosary that means they're crazy extremely powerful oh. because they're supposed to not be able to touch relics or they're not supposed to be able to go near relics right they're supposed to be like repelled yeah and so the fact that this one was able to go up and grab it off of a priest that's really fucked up Ed Warren said, only the most menacing and blasphemous of entities would dare to touch them. If it can do that, it's extremely powerful. Oh, no. Um, so Father Renz agreed to do the exorcism with Pastor Alt assisting him. Okay. Um, so the two of them worked weekly and they would chain her down <gasps> and perform the rite of exorcism and document it each session by recording. Like, uh, uh like tapes. audio. Well, yeah. Like tape cassettes. <clears throat> um, On the tapes, you can hear uh, different voices coming from her, various growls from various ranges of various timbers. Uh, Annalise claimed to see demons jumping around her and dancing on the floor in front of her and poking the priests. And uh, her eyes would literally become black and fiery and filled with hatred. Oh, my. She was strong enough to fight off all of them and had the strength of several men. And during these sessions... Uh, they discovered that many demons were trying to possess her body, including Beelzebub. Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. And Judas. Judas. Uh Cain, who killed his brother. Mm-hmm. Nero, a random uh fallen priest.
0: Not Nero like who who fiddled while Rome burnt, like a different Nero.
1: Oh, I don't know. Hashtag Latin class. A fallen priest. Uh, from the 16th century what the and hitler shut the fuck up hitler was possessing her with all of them listen i don't want hitler to have like the like the status of being a fucking demon like well fun fact judas explained out like through her body explained to the priests that nobody in hell actually likes hitler because all he does is brag I'm sorry what so even the demons don't like him okay that's a little better but wait so he's so Judas said this through her body Mm -hmm. the fuck yeah it was just like we don't like Hitler like we're all willing to possess this body together except Hitler like can't sit with us he can't Hitler can't sit with us Hitler doesn't even go here on Wednesdays he doesn't even wear pink no probably fucking
0: not (laughs) god damn that's fucked up dude So then...
1: Oh, there's more. Of course, naturally, Annalise also spoke several different languages during these rituals and would telekinetically move furniture around the room during sessions to distract them from finishing the rite of exorcism. That's nice. She would have total opposite behaviors, where sometimes she would be so violent that she would throw her own head through a window, but other times she would look out the window and hum religious music. So there was no way to predict her behavior. She would perform up to 600 daily genuflections, like I said. I can't. And was so weak from not eating that her parents would help her. Like, help, like, stand her back up. Um, they weren't, like, stop kneeling on your broken kneecap. Well, also, they're so devout that they think that by her doing genuflection, she's trying at oh, all to keep no. the demons away. Oh, no. And I said she wasn't eating because she had refused entirely to eat, although she said... Um, originally she was not eating because she said that the demons wouldn't allow it. But by this point through the exorcisms, she's now not eating by her own choice. She said that she just didn't want to eat anymore. And it led to pneumonia. Oh, fuck. So she also has pneumonia during this. Great. One night, another priest, Father Roth, came to visit and opened one bottle of tap water and one bottle of holy water behind his back to see if either of them did anything to her. Uh Uh-oh. Annalise came from across the room and she, <laughs> she got shoved out of her own chair first by like by an invisible force got shoved out of her chair fucking rude and even though she's so weak that she can't stand at this point because she hasn't been eating for weeks literally weeks she has had no food so she can't even stand up yeah and she was able to leap over her chair run at him grab the open bottle of holy water and threw it at him <gasps> but the bottle stopped in mid-air and floated directly down to his feet and three different priests were there to verify this yeah wait so what is the like she could sense that there was holy water behind his back and since he had opened the bottle she jumped over her own chair that she got knocked out of by Uh lucifer i guess sprinted towards him grabbed the open bottle of holy water only not the bottle of tap water and then tried to throw it at him but it stopped midair and then floated down to her feet the fact that it was holy water it was like no, the fact that she's a demon and she can stop something in midair. Oh, so she did it on purpose? Yeah, like she's throwing something and it should continue its flight, but towards she an want object. It to Hit him. Yeah, but it's even scarier when something you threw at so many miles an hour is now stopped dead in its tracks and now just goes straight down. I mean, fair. Okay, so <laughs> she did, she did it on purpose. I guess so. And I- the fact that she can do it to holy water, sure is probably even scarier, because she shouldn't be able to control holy I thought relics. it was like a religious
0: thing, like, don't touch the priest with the holy water.
1: Oh. You know? No. Okay. More like, a demon is throwing something at you, and even scarier than it landing on you, she, he's able to control it. Fabulous. Um, another time, she punted a cup of water at him. Like, punted it like it was a oh, football. Oh, my God. And all the water stayed in the cup, even when the cup landed on its side. The fuck? Um, over the course of her sessions... She had sixty-seven exorcisms performed on her in ten months. Oh my god. One night she had a vision. This was the beginning of the end. Uh oh. Um, one night she had a vision that she saw Mary, like the mother of God. Mm-hmm. And they walked around together, even though at this point she was so weak she couldn't stand on her own. Mm-hmm. But she was able to just waltz around with the mother of God. Listen, she's a mother of God. She's a mother of God. So Mary told her um, there are so many souls that are on their way to hell and someone must pay penance for the for them and asked Mary if she would be willing to suffer so that others didn't have to go to hell. And she would be given three days apiece to make her decision. But after that, she needed to make a decision. And whatever she chose, Mary promised her, I will come and expel the demons. And by July, something will happen. What the fuck? Apparently, that's what happened. Oh my God! So Mary thought for three days, and of course, during these three days of peace that Mary promised her, Wait, um, her name's also Mary. No, Mary promised her this. Mary the mother. Okay, he said Mary thought for three days. That's what I was. Gonna oh say. shit! My bad. Anna elise decided. Sorry, after three days, like in those three days where she got to like make a choice for not being able to walk around or anything, she was the most active, happy. Like, it was like nothing had ever been there. She was waltzing around, jumping around, being super active, being happy, like entertaining her family. Yeah. And um, like nothing had ever been there. So by the third day, she decides that she's going to suffer for others. (gasps) And Father Renz and Pastor Alt use this information to help cast out the demons. So on June 30th, the last day of June, it's also the last exorcism. And they told the demons... You have to leave now. The mother of God is ordering you to do so. The demons appeared weaker than they ever have before, Mm -hmm. as if paralyzed from doing anything or being able to do anything. Mm. So Father Wren said, you must leave. I order you to. And they said back, we won't leave. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, He would begin to cast them out anyway. He was going to at least try. And to be sure he was successful, every time one of them got cast out, he would tell them to say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord of with thee. Oh, so, the Lord of what? The Lord is with thee. I probably spelled it wrong. Oh. I'm Jewish. I was just trying to <coughs> Look at along. you. No, you're more Catholic I than me. I fucked it up. So, uh, anyway, so he said, you have to say this as I cast you out so I know that you're actually gone. hmm And Annalise, at this, after this command, Annalise's body wailed out an inhuman scream that oh. was, quote, inordinately disturbing with distressing babble surrounded by echoes, screams, whispers, sneers, groans, and laughs all at once. Oh my God. Um, demanded that they meet Mary mother of God when she arrived and that the priests began to sing the hymn magnificent to welcome her, um, into the room. Mm. The demons began to scream in pain and terror that he has never heard before. And they were screaming out of Annalisa's body, she is coming, she is coming. Oh. So I guess they could sense that Mary was on her way. Yeah. The priests say that they've never heard screams that in pain before out of all demons they've ever encountered. Mm -hmm. And the priests dropped to their knees and began welcoming Mary to show herself. Father Wrens began casting out each demon, the last one being Lucifer. And... At the end of this, we will say a link or we'll post it somewhere. But all of the recordings of this session are somewhere. No, they're not. You're kidding me. They can be found. Annalise can be heard after all of this. After Lucifer is finally cast out with the rest of them. Annalise can be heard saying, I'm completely free now. Ten minutes later, they're still praying. And all of a sudden, the demons start showing up again. Mm. in pained screams and giggling at the same time. Oh, for fuck's sake. And they say, we want to leave, but we're not allowed. On tape, you can hear Annalise tell Renz to beg for absolution and looks at her mom and says, mother, I'm afraid. (gasps) That night, she fell asleep and died. (gasps) Wait, what? And it happened on July 1st, the day that Mary predicted, because something would happen by July. Wait, she died? She died at 68 pounds. The fuck? And she was 23 years old. What the fuck? hmm Did they have IVs back then? They should have fucking put her on an IV. So, Pastor Al believes that despite the demons actually wanting to leave because of the exorcism, Annalise accepting her fate for suffering for others may have bound them to her. <sighs> the family doctor came the next morning and saw her body, and due to her sunk-in eyes, bruises, and sores on her face from falling broken kneecaps and chipped teeth from hitting the wall and stone floor every time she fell, Mm. he told police that um, that Annalise did not die of natural causes but dehydration and malnutrition. So Annalise's parents and the priests were charged and convicted of negligent manslaughter, saying her condition was not possession but a combination of mental illness and fanatical encouragement of her religious beliefs. Oof. So they ended up going to court for this. So it was basically a doctor's versus priest courtroom. Right. Science versus religion, which is always fun. Yeah, that's standard. And it's the only time that a legitimate defense was demonic possession. That the only time ever? As far as I know. Wow. That was actually taken seriously. Wow. And um, the priests used the recordings and the tapes as proof to be like, look, you can clearly hear that's not her. Mm -hmm. The priests... um, They basically said, like, regardless of her condition, like, they brought in doctors and said, had she been fed at all a week earlier, she would have been able to survive. So the priests were sentenced to negligent manslaughter for six months in jail with Mm. three years probation. But the jail time was dropped. After the trial, the Roman Catholic Church confiscated the tape recordings from the public. So they're very hard to come by. But on YouTube, like... If you add up all the minutes on all the videos of recording that you can find, there's about a hundred minutes of audio oh, shit. that have somehow leaked out over time. Yeah. Later in 1978, a nun told her parents that she had a vision that revealed that Annalisa's body was still totally intact under her um underground, which would suggest supernatural character of her body and prove that the priests and family weren't guilty. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like it hadn't decayed at all. Yeah. And if it hadn't decayed, then that was definitely supernatural. So very Catholic thing. And um, so the parents requested that her body be exhumed in 1978. Although they used different reasons, they were like, "Oh, we want to like give her a different coffin." Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so uh, medical experts, after they exhumed her, say that the body had been consistently decomposing with a normal rate of decay. And however um however photos were never released and neither the parents or the priests were allowed to see the body so some think that because they were able to move the body by her arms and legs and they didn't fall off her body hadn't decayed as much as it should have which means that the nun might have been right Mm. and they didn't want to release photos because they didn't want to be proven they didn't want to like prove that they were wrong um doctors now say that the body still showed normal signs of decay. And now that psychiatry is better, she was not possessed, but displayed signs of dissociative disorders such as DID or more commonly multiple personality disorder Sure. or schizophrenia, because if you look back, her symptoms were dystonia, which is like having rigid positions, um, hearing threatening voices, seeing things that aren't there, using the first person plurally, um, dilated pupils, amnesia, knowledge of distinct personalities in your mind that don't actually exist, Um, persistent symptoms despite medication, depersonalization, which is, like, basically feeling like your body is being Mm -hmm. controlled by something else. So in 1999, they changed the Ritual Romanum of Mm -hmm. 1614. Um, It was abolished officially by the church, which is 20 years after she died, so it's like it didn't really help at all. But um, her case was a big case that, like, convinced religious people that like you can't keep saying people are possessed and might be mental illness so vatican city the vatican city introduced the new and updated version called the exorcism for the upcoming millennial or Jesus let me see that again. <laughs> millennial that's um, me rose gold in english it's uh the exorcism for the upcoming millennium so it's basically updates that go <laughs> for the next fucking for the next 300 years, years yeah. who knows. But it's basically that like you have to be aware of mental illness. And so now if someone wants an exorcism, they have to go through all these psychiatrists and all these doctors to prove that only supernatural things are happening That's to them. That's interesting because. But people say that the new version, because they also took out different parts about the devil and everything. Mm hmm. The new version apparently isn't as powerful as the original was when it comes to exercising a person. Oh. So a lot of people in that industry, I don't know, in that field, (laughs) Um, they don't like that they have to use that version now.
0: That's really interesting. Because, I mean, you do think about, like, if they were using something from the 1600s, like how backwards things were and how, you know, you could be a woman who... Had a job and people were like, you're a witch because you have too exactly. much power, you know. So it's interesting to like. It's
1: weird that even though it's so backwards, it's somehow still more effective.
0: Yeah, that is. That is. That is. That's really interesting. What the fuck, dude? So there's <sighs> that, that I'll tell you, that movie fucked me up when I was young. Yay. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18-store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right. Happy Halloween. Ready? Yes. This is
1: the story of the Axeman of New Orleans. Cool. I don't know what that is. Oh, seriously? No, I don't. But I know that New Orleans has some pretty cool stories coming out of it. Listen, I'm going And an Axeman sounds dangerous. Getting my box of
0: wine. Neat. I've been saving this one. Have you? Mm Mm-hmm. Just like I've been
1: saving mine, it's like we knew.
0: Yeah. Aw. Because I thought Halloween is a special
1: time. It is. It's also hot as fuck in here.
0: Can we talk about how it was 104 degrees today? It feels
1: like 104 degrees right fucking now. Is that God telling us to put the AC on? That's my mommy. Uh, it's Renata.
0: Okay. This is the story of the Axeman of New Orleans. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So I just want to warn you guys that this one's a little bit gory and fucked up. I mean, not that. What? Yeah. yeah. Listen. Just be ready. It's episode 39. You know what you're getting yourself into.
1: Buckle up. Buckle up. Let's crack into it. Blood from Christine. Poorly informed me. Just bad notes on my end. I don't know which team you're on, team Blood and Gory or Team Unprofessional M <laughs>
0: <laughs> But you came for one of the two things. I'm pretty sure everyone's on Team Geo, so
1: Oh right. Yeah. Let's stop kidding. We're ourselves. just the puppets.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. This story begins on May twenty second, nineteen eighteen, in New Ooh. Orleans, Louisiana. Alrighty. An Italian grocer named Joseph Maggio and his wife Catherine were asleep in their beds when a man chiseled out a panel in their back door, bro- no. broke into their home, and cut their throats with a straight razor. <gasps> he then proceeded to take an axe and bash their heads in.
1: Shut the fuck
0: up. Catherine died of her throat wound, which was so deep that her head was nearly severed from her shoulders.
1: Holy shit.
0: Joseph, her husband, despite his head being bashed in with an axe, somehow survived the attack, but died minutes after his two brothers discovered them two hours later. Aww. when police arrived, they found a pile of bloody clothes that belonged to the murderer uh, who had obviously changed into a clean outfit after he had attacked the couple. Uh-huh. Police ruled out robbery because nothing had been taken by the killer. The only clue they discovered was a message that had been written in chalk near the grocery store that the husband, that the the man of the house had owned. Uh And the message in chalk read, Mrs. Joseph Maggio will sit up tonight. Just write Mrs. Tony. So it was a mysterious message they found in chalk.
1: Especially because Mrs. Joe Maggio had her head knocked off, right? So uh, like, yeah. she's not sitting up. No, nope, right? she was a goner. Okay.
0: So the razor used to cu- cut the couple's throats was later found in a neighbor's lawn and was determined to belong to Andrew Maggio, who is Joseph's brother. Oh boy. He owned a barber shop uh, nearby. One of his employees told police that Andrew had taken the razor from the shop two days prior to the murder, allegedly to have a nick um like honed from the blade Mm -hmm. so he said he had to take it home which kind of reminds me of like the grinch stole christmas where he's like i Mm -hmm. have to take this back to santa's workshop be right back to take it yeah (laughs) it's kind of fucked up um okay so in addition to this like the blade being from his barbershop the police found andrew suspicious because He claimed to have discovered the bodies after hearing strange groaning noises coming through the wall because he lived in the bedroom. He like slept in the bedroom next door. Uh, But he said he didn't hear the break in itself or the axe hacking or any of that because he was too drunk. Okay, because he had just joined the Navy and I guess he was out celebrating. Um, He became the prime suspect, but investigators couldn't find any ties to his brother's death. Uh, and they were they weren't able to like actually, you know, keep him for any reason, so they let him go.
1: Okay. On June
0: 27th, 1918, Louis Bessemer, uh, the owner of a grocery store in New Orleans, and his mistress Harriet Lowe were asleep in his home, which was located in the back room of the grocery store. Aww. When a man came in and attacked them with a hatchet. Bessemer was hit above his right temple, and Lowe was hacked over her left ear. Around 7 a.m. that morning, John Zanka, who was the driver of a bakery wagon, discovered their bodies. He found them unconscious in a puddle of their own blood, and when police investigated, they found the axe that had been used in the bathroom. They also discovered that the axe belonged to Bessemer himself, so someone had come and taken his own axe and attacked Mm. him and his mistress with it. They immediately arrested Louis Obicon, a 41 year old African American man who had actually worked for Bessemer at the grocery store. Um, And he had given conflicting accounts of where he was during the attacks, so they arrested him. But police determined that the only plausible explanation for the attacks was robbery. And since nothing was taken from the home or the grocery store, Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't able to prove that Oba had done anything. So
1: he was released. Okay.
0: Um, And that's when media turned its attention to Bessemer, the grocery store owner himself. They found a series of letters written in German, Russian, and Yiddish in a trunk in his home. Hmm. So, obviously, police decided he's a German spy. Oh, right, yeah. Sure. So, Harriet Lowe, his mistress, was still alive, and she was going in and out of consciousness. And so, she started doing this thing where she started giving just, like, these accounts to police that didn't...
1: Make sense? Yeah,
0: and she would, like, change her mind all the time. So, she originally said, oh, it was a... I mean, I'm just going to say, she said, it was a dark-skinned man... Gotcha. And then she immediately was like, no, actually it was, uh, Lewis himself.
1: So oh, so she was like, not, a, you couldn't like follow her own story. Yeah.
0: She just would like keep changing her, her narrative of what happened. Right. So she basically said, no, it was Lewis. And then, um, she goes, yeah, he's definitely a German spy. So, so police, that part we can be sure. Of. <laughs> yeah. So police were like, okay, we believe you. So they arrested him, and then two days later, uh, they released him, and two investigators, actually, because of this whole debacle, were demoted due to unacceptable police work. Yep. All right. Uh, Months later, Harriet was dying from a failed surgery to, like, fix—because her face had been paralyzed by the attack. Oh. So she had gotten a surgery to try and fix her face. Shit. I know. And so the surgery was botched, and she was dying. And she told police that Bessemer had once attacked her with his hatchet. So he was the one who had done it. But then mm. police were like, wait, so how did he attack himself with a hatchet?" Right, right. And then move the hatchet outside of... Right. The... It just didn't make any sense. So basically he was kind of... Basically a jury deliberated for 10 minutes and was like, this is not his fault. So right. <laughs>
1: Ten minutes already seems too long to me. Ten minutes. <laughs> they should just all shook their heads together and be like, mm, no. <laughs> Everyone's like, can we go home now, please? <laughs> yeah. So
0: on August 5th, 1918, 28-year-old. Okay. Listen. This is what I have to say. Tell me. Her name is, in all of these stories, Mrs. Schneider. Okay. She had no first name. Okay. Okay. We're all on board. Just got to tell you. All right. On August 5th, 1918, 28-year-old Mrs. Schneider woke up to find a dark figure standing over her bed. Okay. Uh, If this were my story, it'd be a ghost. Everyone, I was going to say, everyone's fucking nightmare and you hope it's a sleep paralysis. You pray to God. (sighs) Listen, I need a drink. Hold on. It always sounds like I'm peeing. It certainly does. All right. It will later, too. <laughs> <laughs> I will not bring the microphone in for that. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Mrs. Schneider is uh, the opposite of a spinster in her early 20s. Mrs.
0: Schneider. She is waking up to a dark figure standing over
1: her bed. The figure lashes her face repeatedly with an axe. Fuck. How do we know that she woke up to him? Are we, like, just using, like... Artistic license there Like maybe she just was sleeping And someone killed her And then the cops were like Oh well she woke up to him Let me tell you <gasps> Oh wow
0: Before fleeing the scene Mrs. Schneider was eight months pregnant <gasps> No Her husband came home late from work That night to discover his wife Her scalp had been cut open And her face was covered in blood Shit But she survived Oh <gasps> And she remembered waking up to a man hovering over her bed with an axe.
1: Oh, no.
0: She gave birth to her daughter (gasps) two days later, and the baby was healthy and survived.
1: Okay, one, brava. Two, can you imagine, like, literally a splitting headache, and you have to (laughs) give birth to a human child? Listen, people are like, oh, uh, like, oh, like labor couldn't be that bad. Oh, well, how about half your head is off of your face? People are
0: like, childbirth is the worst pain you'll ever feel. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. But also you've never been hit in the face with an ax.
1: Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of times where something really shitty will happen to me. And I'm like, you know what? At least this didn't happen. And this happened. Like, and
0: it's the worst combination of things. You have to get hit in the face with an ax, get your skull split open in your brain, and then deliver a child through your vagina.
1: And two days later. Like, that's... Like, you have not started healing it. Like, like, you don't... Your face... for Like, is it even there no. to begin healing? Well, and her scalp was totally split open. Fuck. Well,
0: and they say, like, trauma sometimes, like, instigates
1: birth. So I'm sure
0: that had something to do with it. Well, that was a lot of
1: fucking trauma. I'm surprised she didn't just go into labor. She didn't have, like, ten babies at once.
0: mm <laughs> That's not how it works. Your
1: head falls off, and you just like just clone (laughs) ten of them inside of you. (laughs) I'm sorry, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You're a a fucking Xerox machine all of a sudden, but I
0: (laughs) pop out a litter. But I agree. I'm surprised she didn't like immediately go into labor. But I I guess two days is like pretty standard. You would think with
1: the adrenaline coming out of you. But I guess if you go unconscious and then wake back up, you know, she deserved. To go unconscious for a little bit after what she went through. I'm not challenging her labor schedule. No, honestly, no woman's allowed to complain anymore. Never. It's like, okay, maybe do it with have your face gone. Oh my
0: God. 24 hours ago. It's the worst fucking thing. Okay. Five days later, on August 10th, 1918, Pauline and Mary Bruno awoke to loud noises coming from their uncle Joseph Romano's room, and they were... His nieces, and they lived with him, and he was an elderly man. Aww. So they entered the room to find their uncle with a severe blow to his head and the attacker fleeing the scene. They described him as a dark-skinned, heavy-set man in a dark suit and slouched hat. Romano, somehow, was able to walk outside to the ambulance, but he died two days later due to severe head trauma
1: jesus christ this guy keeps almost killing people and then they just die from the the injuries later he's like leaving them like half alive basically is that on purpose or is he really like it's like he's that kid on like the baseball team who just really wants to get a home run but like barely hits it every time it's like oh let me just crack you in the head but you never die every single time you don't die i mean some of them die later the only person who died was the first one right Without that it? Mm. This guy just seems to not have, like, the right swing. Not that like, I should, like, be saying, oh, try harder. And also, if two girls catch you in the act, why are you running out the window? Why don't you chase them with your axe? Listen, nobody knows. I got like I'd be a better murderer. Oh, yeah? I mean, not, like, happily. I'm just saying, like, if we're going on accuracy, <laughs> I would strategically be better. I mean, like, if I had to be... Okay,
0: let's see. (sighs) So he died two days later due to severe head trauma. Police found a bloody axe in the backyard, as well as a panel on the back door that had been chiseled away. Uh, So at this point, New Orleans, extreme hysteria took over uh, for obvious reasons. So what people would do, family members would take turns sleeping so they could keep watch. In case someone was trying to break in. But
1: uh, also, where do you like pay attention? Like your non-chiseled panels? Hope that <laughs> they stay the same way? Just like, if you have an axe, why aren't you chopping down the door? Listen. This guy's not doing alright. I mean, he's doing something, right? I mean, he's
0: doing like enough. He's chiseling some panels and no one's noticing. And tapping on some faces, I guess. Tapping them real light. So neighborhood watch parties swept the city in search of the man, but to no avail. Um, a retired Italian detective named John D'Antonio made a public statement asserting that the killer was an individual of dual personalities oh my. who killed without motive and would sometimes uh be seen like a normal or who would sometimes seem like a normal law-abiding citizen, but would kind of snap and go into mm-hmm. an altered state where he would need to be violent. Uh, he called him a real life Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, wow. Uh, some people started to speculate, I mean, again, it's the early 20th century, that the killer wasn't human at all, but an actual demon <gasps> or a ghoul. I would be probably the f- first person to
1: uh, signal that approach. Um, you and I would be. We would be the worst journalists in the early. Oh, we would, first of all, we would God. change lives, though. We would start a revolution. We'd be like, it's a ghost. And back then there wasn't Google, so people would be like, oh, well, it's a ghost oh for sure we would definitely be the uh, the whistleblowers oh we would have like a newspaper devoted to just we'd have like the first version of the onion oh yeah but, but we... we would also believe everything but we'd we're think writing it was real yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would basically just be the jesters of the town wouldn't we that's so sad like, we really believe in ourselves that's all that matters
0: We think everyone believes in us, but really we just believe in ourselves. You know,
1: we're just doing a more modern version of that with this podcast.
0: Oh, don't tell me that. Full circle. Don't shatter all my hopes and dreams. (laughs) So we're modern day jesters is what you're saying. We're just fools. We're just fools.
1: In love. Wait, what? Oh, what? With other people. Nope. With Gio. With Gio. Gio's the Venn diagram of our love. We love (sighs) Gio and he loves dead animals that he can roll around on. And
0: therefore, the Venn diagram of our love is. It just splits hairs more and more. There's just dead animals involved. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Da, da, da. Okay. So people thought it might be an actual demon, aka we thought that in our past lives. AKA I still do. When we were like journalists, quote unquote.
1: Right. Sure. Except in the 1900s, and we already confirmed that we were somewhere else. Where were we? In a past episode, we, are, we oh, were we in, were we were you were an alligator and I was a clown and I left you in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> remember?
0: Why do you remember? That, that was, was the best, best life so we funny. ever had. This is so funny. Everyone was like, "Isn't a bull alligator just a
1: grown-up alligator?" And I was like, "I'm sorry,
0: I don't know what." Listen, an we don't know math, we don't I'm know geography,
1: sorry. we don't know animals. All we know is box wine milkshakes and geo, and that's why we started this podcast. We're not claiming to know what type of alligator is. We're what. not claiming to know. Anything except what is on the paper in front of us. Again, do not expect more from us than that. I know
0: I use this excuse a lot, but there is a plunger less than two feet away from our faces. I thought you were going to use your other common excuse of English isn't even my first language. I have multiple excuses, and I can pull them out at
1: any time. I don't. I was just lazy growing up, and this is the, the consequences <laughs> I have to live with. This is what happens when you don't care about school. You just kind of end up at a podcast, and that's the height of your career. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right, they thought it was a demon.
1: The end. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Listen, Things, this is where it ends in my story ends in the 1910s and where the real story begins. <laughs> Things get quiet for a while. The city eases into a sense of security. But on March 10th, 1919, neighbors heard screams coming from the Cortemilia residence in a suburb of New Orleans called Gretna, Louisiana. A grocer who lived across the street ran over to investigate and found Charles Cortemilia, his wife Rosie, and their two-year-old daughter Mary all attacked by an unknown intruder. Rosie was standing in the doorway with a gaping head wound, holding her two-year-old daughter who had already died of her injuries no. from an axe. Charles was laying on the floor, bleeding from his wounds, and they were rushed to the hospital. It was determined that both had suffered severe skull fractures. Uh, nothing was stolen from the house, but a panel on the back door had been chiseled away. Fuck. They found a bloody axe on the back porch as well. When Rosie uh, gained full consciousness, she claimed that Orlando Giordano, who was the guy across the street, the neighbor who had come to like discover their bodies basically was the one who would attack them but police determined that Yolanda was 69 years old was like not healthy was too elderly to have committed the crimes and frank was more than six feet tall and was over like almost was almost 300 pounds right it just
1: wouldn't have made sense yeah
0: and they were like he can't fit through that stupid chiseled panel there's no way right um so her husband charles vehement so they both survived the attack by the way but the baby didn't. The two-year-old didn't. She died from a ax, an axe wound to the neck. Um, so Charles, her husband, vehemently denied his wife's claims, but police arrested the two and charged them with the murder. Uh, Frank was sentenced to hang for the murder, and his father was sentenced to life in prison. Shit. So Charles divorced his wife over this after the trial. I wouldn't blame him. Uh, and almost a year later, Rosie announced that she had... Falsely <gasps> accused the two out of jealousy and spite. So the dad died for nothing? He had been... This kind of threw me off because I was confused. He had been sentenced to hang, but he hadn't been hanged yet. Oh, thank God. So the two men were still in prison, and they were released in 1920. Fuck. Yeah. But the one with the dad was in his 70s. So oh poor guy. Fucked up. Three days after the attack on the Cortemilia family, the editor of the New Orleans Times, received a letter, an interesting letter. Oh, my. You want me to read it to you?
1: Absolutely, I do.
0: So this letter is uh, dated March thirteenth, 1919, and it is from hell. (gasps) Oh, from my home. (laughs) I wrote this. No, you didn't. (laughs) Oh, I didn't. (laughs) Esteemed mortal of New Orleans... They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. Oh, no. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. There are a couple of paragraphs in between there that I'm going to skip because
1: they're just like. Okay. Too much?
0: They're just, no, they're not even. They're just kind of like, okay, we get it. You're really, you're like. You got it. You're top dog. You're like Satan's hellhound, whatever. Got okay, it. So this is where it gets interesting. Now, to be exact, at 1215, parentheses earthly time oh christ
1: alive sure you know not
0: not hell time sure right okay
1: yeah i didn't know that there was a time zone in hell that we're not listening to
0: oh yeah for sure and my bad on next tuesday night i'm going to pass over new orleans in my infinite mercy i'm going to make a little proposition to you people Fucking. do you have any idea what it is you really don't know the story
1: i really don't know the story is it something incredibly stupid It's really great. This is gross. This is horrible. No, it's not gross. What? Here it is.
0: I am very fond of jazz music. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned.
1: So it's like The Purge, but instead of having like a I support The Purge flag... It's like a, oh, let's listen to jazz music. Like a jazz band. Yeah. Jesus. You go, okay, I got a lot of things to say. Let's just move on. If everyone has a jazz band
0: going, well, then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe.
1: He's just like, okay, you know how in La La Land, Ryan Gosling was just so desperate for people to care about jazz music? This yeah, is just yeah. fucking ten years later. This is just, he's desperate. So this is like Ryan Gosling. This is the sequel to La La Land. <laughs> no, the prequel. No, the sequel, because, oh, maybe the prequel. I mean, the spinoff. The spinoff to La La Land. The La La Land. You know how, like, The Lion King, they had one and then two and then one and a half? So oh, like you're right. This La La Land one and a half.
0: <laughs> it's like Ryan Gosling's... uh. Former life. Yeah.
1: Where he didn't Before know he how to... Before he changed his name to Ryan Gosling of yeah. all Land, yeah, And he yeah. didn't know
0: how to like control his emotion. Okay. I get it.
1: You see where I'm going.
0: Land, one and a half. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> now I'm just picturing this guy as Ryan Gosling. It's really fucking me up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, da-da-da. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus... And it is about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy.
1: The Axeman. Well, we've had like a hundred more years of horrible people, so wrong. So still bad. I mean, pretty fucking bad. Anyway, how many people listened to jazz that night?
0: The whole city of new orleans
1: was is that why new orleans listens to jazz i mean i think it was already a jazz capital oh that would be a horrible history to why people love jazz just to stay alive
0: i think it was already a cultural thing but basically the whole city was booming with jazz that night every house was blasting it every restaurant people were out like in every bar blaring it and there was a guy who actually wrote a song like wrote an actual jazz piece that got really popular about the axe man based on that night um people have called it the loudest night in new orleans history wow because the whole city was just blasting jazz music and no one was murdered that night well that's nice so everyone was like oh my god we did it we got rid of this demonic guy wrong wrong Always wrong. Always wrong. Listen, Em. Everyone's always wrong. Everyone. Everyone but us. Well,
1: here we are. On
0: August 10th, 1919, an Italian grocer named Steve Boca woke up in the middle of the night to see an axe wielding figure above his bed. He lost consciousness. When he woke up, he ran into the street to investigate the intrusion and realized all of a sudden that his head had been cracked open. He ran to his neighbor's house and collapsed. Uh, They called the police. Nothing was taken from the home, and a panel on the back door had been chiseled away. Wow, as if this MO is not already obvious. Nope. He survived but couldn't remember anything from the attack. Uh, Less than a month later, a young woman named Sarah Lauman was attacked in her bed. She had a head head injury so severe it had knocked out several of her teeth. It looked like um, the person... The attacker had entered the apartment through an open window. She also survived, but could not remember any details. On October 27, 1919, a man named Mike Peppatoni was attacked in his bedroom. His wife heard a commotion. They had six kids, so they were next door, in the room next door. She heard a commotion and came running, only to see the room covered in blood, his blood, Shit. and there was blood all over a painting of the Virgin Mary on the wall. Oh, that's not good. No. Uh, so she called the police, and Mike Peppatoni did not survive, and he passed away. No. And after this, the Axeman's attacks ended just as suddenly as they had begun, and what? he was never seen or heard from again. Oh, shit. So here are some theories as to the suspect. A crime writer named Colin Wilson believes the Axeman was a man named Joseph Momfrey, who was shot to death in Los Angeles in December of 1920 by the widow of that Pepitoni guy I just mentioned. Oh, wow. With the six kids. Hell hath
1: no fury. Mm-hmm.
0: But another true crime writer named Michael Newton searched all public police and court records, newspaper archives, etc. And could not find any evidence of this guy being killed or assaulted. Could not even find evidence of the woman being in California where they say he she had shot him. So it's really debated because people are like, there's zero record of any of this happening. Um, A woman named Miriam C. Davis, who was interviewed by Vice, wrote a historically accurate book called The Axeman of New Orleans, The True Story. And she said she her belief is that the Axeman was a native born white laborer who had a grudge against Italians who had been leaving day labor behind uh, to become small businessmen due to like envy or anxiety right, so right, right. because a lot of the people attacked were grocers
1: mm, i see that um, makes sense
0: yeah or he could have had some sort of like negative connection he might have been sent to jail by a gross an italian grocer or yeah, something. Like who knows mm-hmm. so this guy was actually featured as a character in american horror story coven okay i don't he know he was
1: i didn't know that well uh, i also didn't watch the show
0: oh, okay i don't know what season coven is the witch one i'm too scared of that i mean season three okay I don't know anything. So this is why police are still confused. People who described the attacker would describe a large hulking man, uh, like in a hat and a suit and whatever. But the openings that had been chiseled in the panels were so small that police couldn't understand how a full-sized man could fit through. Right. Let alone like a big hulking person. Right, right, right. And the doors... Like the back doors were always locked from the inside. So the person whoever. So ever, he went in and
1: out of that little
0: hole. That freaking hole. And nobody knows how he got in and out aside from that stupid little hole. There were even theories that the killer might actually be like a really small woman or even a little person. Oh. But um, nobody could figure out, you know, how to like reconcile people's visual memory right, of what everyone, happened. Right,
1: everyone was seeing how big and hulking they were.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um so again the public basically this is again in the early early 20th century the public was like oh it's a demon you know fair uh, <laughs> uh so that was obviously re- reinforced by the letter that the perpetrator wrote that was like oh i'm coming from hell Hel- mm. hello it's me
1: uh i'm in hell Dreaming about who we used to be. (laughs) Hello. God, it's our second reference to Adele, huh?
0: What was our first?
1: The first the episode that Allison was in.
0: Oh, I thought you meant our second today.
1: No, no, no. In history.
0: Oh, I'm sure it's probably like our hundredth of all time, (laughs) for sure. Um, Okay. Some people even thought that It might be Jack the Ripper, like the (gasps) same person. Really? Because the letter that was sent into the newspaper had a lot of striking similarities to the letter Jack the Ripper sent. Ooh, shit. So that was an interesting thing that some people still believe to this day, that it was the same person. Could have been. So this is what is known, is that the killer preferred to chisel away door panels, yet the panels were too small to account for the physical descriptions people gave to police. And the chiseling away at a door seemed to be very strange, tedious, slow, and inefficient for breaking into a home and then leaving a home. Right. Especially if the person hadn't even died. You know what I mean? Right, like right, right. What you said, they left people. He left people alive. So, the other thing was that he would always leave the chisel behind, which meant he had to buy a new chisel every, every time. time he broke into a home. And he always took the axe from the home of
1: the person. That he was killing or attacking. I think you ever went to a house and then saw they didn't have an axe and then was like, "Well," and then left. And then like unchiseled his panel. Yeah, I was like, "Never mind. I guess <laughs> this one can stay." I know it's crazy. So nobody
0: understands like how he knew. And I read one article that was like, "Well, to be fair, like axes were much more common then than like guns right, are now right, right. and things." But still, it's it's just such a weird thing. Um. It is unclear why he had chosen an ax rather than, like, a knife or another, like, a hammer or something else that was around. Because it's just as bloody, you know. Um, And he left, he never left a fingerprint ever. They always checked for fingerprints. He had never left one fingerprint. Wow. Um, Never left any sort of evidence. And as to motive, they couldn't think of anything but the fact that there was this connection with Italian grocers. Right. And at the time, it was, like, a culturally sensitive thing you know mm-hmm. the Italian immigrant population uh, so the only thing they could could connect was the Italian immigrant grocers but most uh, experts believe it was not like a mafia thing because it was not organized crime and it also there were also several victims who weren't associated with right and, mob. yeah and also the mob had strict rules about hurting children and women so right it just didn't seem to fit um, so yeah, basically nobody knows who the fuck this guy is and then he just vanished
1: and no one could ever figure it out. Shit. I know. Well, luckily he's probably dead. Most likely he's very dead. He's gotta be, right? I mean, my math isn't that great, obviously, so. I mean, I'm scared to go to I would bed, think but. I think once you've hit 99 before we even, like, include your age, you're probably dead.
0: Once you hit 99, What?
1: Like, because the story was from 1918, right? Oh, so It's oh. 99 years before we even put in the fact that you're older than zero. Yeah. So, I'd like to think he's dead. He's definitely
0: dead, but now I'm going to have nightmares.
1: Neat. So, what that's that. Happy Halloween Eve Eve, guys. Listen, happy
0: Halloween. Yes. We are releasing a Patreon special. Mm-hmm for patreon donator
1: i keep saying donators and people keep making fun of me donors thank you we're releasing an episode for donors and then also on halloween uh something special will be happening i still can't talk about it because on this day that it comes out is the day that christine finds out what the surprises i still don't
0: understand what's happening as
1: you're listening to this christine is learning what's gonna happen but it will Uh, all be taken care of by halloween i'm so excited so you have two days to be excited. I'm excited. And then next week you will hear us on baby G's B day. Oh my God. I can't believe it. We're going to have a big fat party for him. I'm so excited. So there's that. Um, thanks guys for listening. You can find us on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATW, ATWWD podcast. Um, you can find our website and that's why we com. You can find, our merch store at, and that's why we drink at bigcartel.com. You can find our Patreon, ATWWD podcast. You can find our email. And that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can write in your listeners stories. We do listeners episodes at the first of every month. Is there anything else? You're so talented. It's literally my, the only thing I know how to do after 40 <laughs> fucking episodes. <laughs> that's so... all I have. That's all I have. That's all I
0: have. All right. Cheers. Cheers, and that's why we drink. We're gonna try and clink. Yeah, I bet it's not. And that's work. why we clink. Oh, how did we never come up with that? Okay,
1: no, no that's why because it sounds fucking stupid. yeah hand You Use this. Oh yeah, but do it from the tip. Okay, remember. okay. One and, and that's why we
0: drink. Three. Oh, that's stupid, I'm not good at this. And that's why we drink. That's better.
1: That was good. Bye.
0: Bye.